We all need to laugh. We choose truth over facts. And now for a perpetual political protest in progress. Judge my physical mental suit, my physical as well as my mental suit fitness. Coffee time. And welcome to the Ammo Can Coffee Social Club Conservative Hour of Power and Enlightenment Salon. Dun 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 bonus edition so this is jason floyd i am not joined by loretta eaton today she's actually canning salmon uh so that sounds like a pretty fun uh task at this stage of the season but i am joined by guest garrett ennis today we alluded to garrett uh in our last episode of the podcast and um he has a job one of those few people who decided to go back to work <laughs> uh, after the lockdowns uh, were lifted. And um, so his day job prohibits him from being here on Saturday morning, and we decided we'd go ahead and uh, record a special episode. So for those of you who like bonus content, this is a freebie, and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy it. So Garrett, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I grew up here in Kenai, Alaska. I was born in Anchorage. Uh, raised by my uh, single father, um, and I thought you were going to say wolves. Ah, that would have been <laughs> cool. Actually, I was raised by uh, by apes. No, but uh, yeah, no, I went to school here. Um, eventually, graduated uh, KCHS. Went to went to UAA up uh, at Anchorage. Uh, got a music degree, um, and then roughly, yeah. So as soon as I was done with that, I basically was working in Anchorage for about 15 years doing various things but I, I became a substitute teacher pretty much right out of college and did that and in the school district up there um I left Anchorage to go teach English abroad in Korea and Vietnam world um, traveler yeah it was uh, you know it just didn't have anything tying me down at that time and I was kind of thinking well this is, I'm not going to make a career out of um you know what I was doing as a uh, I was working as a TA in a special ed department up there and um, even though it had its, uh, you know, perks and frustrations. I was like, well, you know, I don't have my band. I'm not really playing any music. Uh, don't have a girlfriend. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to bounce. So I uh, got, you know, and I actually did want to travel and teach English because I figured it was to be a great way to travel in Asia, you know, high demand over there. So I was like, you know what? I got my certification. All that's required is a four-year degree. You get the TEFL, TESOL. And, uh, you know, went through the process and went to Korea, did that for a year, lived in uh, there, and then, uh, did a motorcycle tour in Vietnam from Saigon, or actually from uh, Hanoi, north of Vietnam to the south, and then came back, and then I decided to go back and live in Hanoi for about six months doing the same thing, teaching English. Uh, and then I came back here in 2017. So um, you've lived in a communist country. Yeah, <laughs> I have, so I got to see it from the inside. And you know what's funny is, uh, even though it's a communist country, uh, I think the natural instinct for people is to be capitalist. I mean, because you, you see all the people there in the streets. They're all selling street food. They're all working, doing something so they can have something, you know, to provide as a currency or as a form of trade, right? Right. And right now, of course, we've got fiat currencies, is you know, around the world. That's how we kind of operate uh, our capitalist society. But, well, you know. One of my other uh, ventures was uh, selling flowers. And uh, I recall two years ago, I had a, a Vietnamese purchase. Mm. And uh, the wholesaler 
um, had to make. I'll never for, forget this. She she paid me with five different credit cards mm. because she said that the government mm. was uh, had a spending cap. Mm. And for her to be able to buy enough flowers at volume and save enough money by volume mm-hmm. to then have a um, a reasonable margin to earn some money off of her business, right. she had to find this way around the bureaucratic hurdles that are put in front of capitalists and yeah. capitalism. And so sure. I thought that was kind of interesting, five different separate credit card charges to, That's crazy. to import. So anyway. Yeah, and it's like uh, it, it always seems to be like this hindrance for people to just live life, to basically – uh, I've got something for you. You got something for me. Kind of a trade, you know, mentality. Uh, and and the banking industry, of course, has made that uh, kind of quite a hurdle for a lot for a lot of t- people around the world. Now, you know what I find uh, fascinating right now is we're living in a time where we're everything is kind of like moving very rapidly. Um, you know, crypto, cryptocurrencies. I'm I'm really a big fan of cryptocurrencies, and I, and and I can see the both sides of the coin. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the code, you know. as it were, in this case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because there's a ton of them out there. But you know, uh, the good side of that is that it, it can provide a means of trade for people around the world because we are living in a digital age now, regardless. You know, it, you know if you like that or not. Um, but the dark side of that is that they have the potential to be um, also taken control of and used by the current banking industry uh, for their their own purposes. And again, just kind of keeping people still having to need the banking industry to to operate to just basically, you know, trade, you know. And so I I, I see the, the the potential for for cryptocurrencies in the future, just as the internet was in the '90s as right. it started to come right. fruition. Right. So um, politically, if you had to define define where. Uh, where you stand what what would you identify yourself as I, I know that some people don't like labels and and shy away from them but uh so yeah <laughs> I, def- and define I, your politics a little bit if you wouldn't mind so you know it's interesting because uh i've always considered myself as a liberal back in the day when i was in college and in in, in general but i've also kind of been anti-government <laughs> in a sense so i don't know where that really puts me but i know as far as, far as a lot of my liberal friends, they were kind of anti-corporations and things like that, anti-big business. And to, to a degree, I'm, I'm also still kind of like, yeah, we got to make sure that the, the reins are put in place so that we don't have huge monopolies such as Google and, you know, these big tech companies, you know, <laughs> having, Facebook. <laughs> having Facebook. Their, right, Face, yeah, Facebook, you know, or even, you know, Chinese owned uh, podcasts such as Spotify, you know, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, right. But, you know, um, anyways, um, I came from that aspect and that angle. Um but as I've delved into a lot of different books, readings, looking at more history, philosophy, whatnot, um, I still really consider myself kind of a traditional liberal, I guess, which is open-minded to, to you know, ideas and, and things like that. But I did find myself finding myself in better company with uh, conservative-minded uh, folks, just because I think I also have that kind of libertarian streak within, you know, within my thoughts of how people should behave in society which is you know basically following the golden rule you know do unto others as you as you would have them done unto yourself you know and one of those uh, foundational foundational blocks of a judeo 
Christian uh, heritage. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's that's where I think I've you know, I did. I was raised in in a, a home that you know my dad had made sure that I was uh, going to church. But well, we didn't go to church. We went to a, a Jewish congregation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we did Sabbath and we celebrated Hanukkah and Passover and all that. Um, you know, so it was it was a unique upbringing. Um, I eventually parted ways with that. You know, I went on to college and you know started working and et cetera, et cetera, and kind of kind of uh, lost my uh, connection with the congregation, folks. I've kind of reconnected since I've been back, which is kind of cool. Right. Um, but as far as political um, politically standing, uh, I really became a little more critical uh, after 9-11. 9-11 was kind of more of a awakening for me, uh, and I saw how the Bush administration was handling it. <laughs> and it was funny because even even now, I don't, li- I don't like how uh, Michael Moore uh, uses uh, his movies to prop, you know, propagandize. But... Uh, I think it was Fahrenheit 9/11. Mm-hmm. Man, that was like for me, kind of like a, a a red pill at that time. And that would be a reference to the Matrix. Oh yeah, one of my all-time favorite yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. When that okay. first came out, that was like game-changing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I think that 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 series of movies was sort of. It, it's interesting how we look at uh, uh, literature and fiction and um, these sort of influential creative minds that that give us uh, novels and and movies and things and you know i mean gene roddenberry with star trek Mm -hmm. looking at all the things that star trek proposed for a future and now we've got bluetooth and you know cell phones the first phones you know the flip phones that look just like a star trek communicator you know all that kind of stuff and so you know matrix is a little bit more uh i guess a little more psychological Mm -hmm. and um uh, but well, really, that whole machine versus you know. Yeah, well, and and looking at well. looking at um, you know just society and social control and right. illusion, the sure, illusion the of peace, the illusion of mm. of normalcy, and to be just really suddenly yanked from that into a totally dystopian reality. Yeah, I mean that kind of describes uh, twenty twenty. You know, yeah. it's just just sort of like being taken from this. This, uh, you know, the world had problems before, but in 2020, we're we're all just yanked into this. Now, what's becoming the new, what I hate to call it the new normal, but what what uh, folks are calling this dystopian reality, this new reality. I mean, we were just talking before the the podcast about what's happening in Australia. Yeah, you know, and I I'd, I'd heard today that uh, Australians are being limited to to uh, not traveling more than three miles from their home and that that it's being couched as look we've given you freedom freedom from choice now you don't have so many choices to burden yourself with right that's so insane. so yeah. i mean i've constantly wanted people to free me from choice <laughs> said no one ever yeah right <laughs> well perhaps except for those that wish to be enslaved you know right. the uh, that is scary uh, I've seen the footage where you got teenagers hanging out by a beach. Uh, they're partying at late at night. Uh, it's just you know them and their friends. And they somehow the authorities find out. Uh, they go and arrest them. There's these kids being handcuffed. And there's a there's a video of a, of a boat out in the water. <laughs> it's like, and you got a patrol boat, a black like SWAT team, kind of comes up next to them and is like, uh, you know, arrest. I, I assume arrest and finds them. And yeah, you got uh, what could potentially. Uh, come here in the United States. Oh, it's uh, here. It's well, here. it is here, like New York, for example. It's New here. York and yeah. in, in areas like California and whatnot. I mean, it's that it is here, in well, a sense. Well, and yeah. if you've listened to the president's recent comments, you know, now that uh, the, the Pfizer vaccine has, has been pushed through, 
mm-hmm. has been you know the, it's all okay now nothing to see here you know um now that it's now that it's fda approved now there's no reason for anyone to resist at all and if you do you're going to be shamed you're going to be marginalized you're going to be left out of uh, social events you know the government's actively calling for employers to crack down on and coerce their employees into taking the jab if, even if they they have religious or medical reasons not to do so and um so that's kind of why you're here today is uh you you made me aware of kind of a movement that's rising you want to tell us a little bit about uh d-day i do but before that i do uh because you did bring up the fda and this new authorization that uh they've they've, you know fully authorized now the use of the Pfizer vaccine which you know of course is going to happen of course now with the uh, moderna and and uh probably the jonathan johnson one whatever the ones but listen, the FDA has approved uh, a myriad of drugs which have been recalled that because of the, the side effects, adverse side effects. Uh, and so just real quick, I did uh, bring some papers with me here, but let me read this. This is actually from um, a site you, you called have to, M- you have to do You have to do What's the that? Rush Limbaugh thing before you read your papers. you got to hold a paper up there and just crinkle it for our listeners so that they... So you can, so Yep, exactly. I got it right here. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's real. Yeah. I did print it out like last night. And this is, this is the theater of sound, so. <laughs> here it is. So, no, this is from the site of MD Links. That's M-D-L-I-N-X. And this is by an article by Navid Saleh. Saleh? I'm not sure how to pronounce Good it. Good Irish name. Yeah. <laughs> M-D-M-S. So he's a medical doctor, medical scientist, I assume. So... In this, he goes through, you know, it says, and I just want to kind of read some of the highlighted stuff here. Most drugs that undergo preclinical animal testing never even make it to human testing and review. Notes the FDA. The drugs that do must undergo the agency's rigorous evaluation process, which scrutinizes everything about the drug from the design of clinical trials, the severity of side effects, uh, to conditions under which the drug is manufactured, um, which uh, I could probably say that Pfizer has not gone through that rigorous uh, I know that the technology has been kind of uh, around for a while, but as far as this particular use of it in human beings has not been uh, rigorously tested. So, but it says no process is perfect. Now look, it says um, there were 222 drugs okay by the FDA from 2000 to 2010. 71 of them, nearly a third, had significant safety issues after coming to market. Researchers found that. Oh, you, then, you don't have to listen to radio very long, and you always hear, you know, have you taken X Y Z drug, and did your face fall off? If so, <laughs> you know, contact the law firm of Sleazy and Shyster, and we <laughs> right. will uh, we will make sure that it's you get your piece of the pie, and you know, because yeah, lawsuit. yeah, right. because these companies have set aside you know a billion dollars to pay out damages, right. But you know. what's unique about this particular case with the FDA uh, authorizing the use of these vaccines, quote, vaccines, they're, they're not really vaccines, they're gene therapy, is that the, uh, all of the pharmaceutical companies have been held. Uh, uh, They've been indemnified. Right. So that you can't, you can't even. You can't sue them. Sue them. So we're not going to even see those kind of commercials in the future. People that are already dying right now of. of tough, the, tough luck. Yeah. Thanks for taking one for the team. Yeah. So, anyways, it goes through a bunch. It goes through like five different drugs there, and uh, there was another one that says. Uh, what What are right some now. of those drugs? So, uh, really quick. Yeah. Uh, on here, one is uh, I'm gonna probably slaughter this. Mibifredil, Mibifredil, also known as Posacure, Posacure. Uh, uh-huh. Anyways, yeah, that it inha- it inhibited the cytochrome P450 liver enzymes. 
that could increase blood concentration. Anyway, it was it was really bad to interact with other drugs uh, and uh, caused uh, people to have uh, a breakdown of abdominal muscles and also some other things. And I then, wonder if that's my problem. <laughs> I are you taking that drug? <laughs> I've I've noticed a severe breakdown of my abdominal muscles over the last couple of years. Uh, yeah. I uh, may have been exposed. I, I don't I don't know. Perhaps. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, there's some other ones there, and, and uh, so I would suggest anybody to go check that out. That 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 site MD Links, um, yeah. And then there's another one that I got really quick. Uh, shows you know it's kind of this is more this is more recent. This is July 20th, 2021. You know why is the FDA attacking a safe, effective drug? And this is really I think going about uh, talking about uh, ivermectin. Ivermectin. So. Yeah, so, you yeah, know you can get a gigantic syringe of ivermectin over at the uh, feed store. Well. Now, as far as it being the ones for horses, approved, approved that for uh, the, human consumption. Yeah, that the FDA or some, I think it was the FDA or CDC, I think, had put a twit, twit, tweet out on Twitter saying that you are not a horse. You don't need to take this. Get over it. You know, get the vaccine. And I was like, well, yeah, okay. But there, there is use if, of if you choose, human. If you do take the veterinary, you know, ivermectin, think, yeah. just realize That's side effects are. You may have an uncanny uh, craving for apples. Uh-huh. Um, you might start neighing in the middle yeah, of the Yeah, yeah. Um, you'll be really attracted to metallic-looking shoes. And, uh, and you're going to be asking your friends and neighbors to ride you. <laughs> right. Uh, maybe not that last one. <laughs> you never know. You never know. That might be, that might be uh, one of the problems. But, you know, ivermectin, it does say on here, I mean, despite the, their claims, ivermectin is, is safe to approve doses. Now, it says out of 4 billion doses administered since 1998, there have been only 28 cases of serious neurological diverse events. And, it, and so in sense, it's safer than aspirin. But yet, 28 cases. Out of 4 in billion. how long? And this is uh, since the, uh, I believe since the 60s? Since the 60s. Uh, I could, I might be wrong on that, but you know, the, uh, but that's a prophylactic. It's a, it's a, no, it's a, not, not it's only a, prophylactic, it's a preventative, not only a prophylactic, but the, 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 uh, the frontline doctors that have been using this, such as Dr. Pierre Corey, uh, Pierre Corey, who, uh, testified before Congress, they have been using this not only in the States, but, but internationally. Um, and they're kind of, they're having to up the dose a bit, but. Uh, the, it had been used as antiparasitic, really, for malaria and things like that. Right, around, and I think I think the they were using it. And I think ivermectin and uh, hydroxychloroquine have been the primary treatment uh, options in Africa mm. through, throughout this COVID well, yeah, pandemic. I mean, well, and, and there's like pl- countries in uh, Africa and other places that are using the protocol now to help with COVID, and it's not only prophylactic; it's actually helped to treat people that have it. Right. So they do have a dosage chart which you can find at their website, which is, uh, I think it's FL, flccc.net, or the other one's covid19criticalcare.com. Critical and, and on that, you can find a ton of information. They do have a nice little printout, which I printed out, and they updated it recently because of the fact that they, they're now trying to uh, work with the, the, this new Delta variant. So how do we get so get access to these uh, these these preventative... You know, therapeutics and and um, well, you have to get a doctor that will prescribe uh, the uh, the ivermectin or you know, uh, fluvoxamine is another one. And actually, I did get it myself, uh, just as just in case, kind of a th- scenario mm-hmm. in case I do get it and if I get it bad. But the thing is, you do have to treat it early, so that's kind of one of the main things with it. So it really does, and it and they've already done. There's like over seventy studies that's been uh, conducted. And now they're doing. But were they conducted by the CDC? Uh, well, no, I don't think. I'm not sure. No, I don't think so. No, yeah. but you know what? I think that they are going to finally look into it. So, 
somebody is. I don't know, but you know, it was it was note it was uh, it the guy that created uh, ivermectin had got uh, or it itself had gotten a uh, Nobel Prize. Uh, no, it was uh, oh yeah, so it was developed and marketed by Merck, which we all know who Merck Merck the, the pharmaceutical company. But William C. Campbell and Satoshi Amura won the 2015 Nobel Prize for uh, physiology or, uh, or medicine. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's that's like developing that's, that. That's like discovering penicillin. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You exactly. Know. It's it's up there. It's up there. So. Anyways. And you know, I'm deathly allergic to penicillin. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't take it. Wow. But okay. you well, know, I, I need to have things like ivermectin and and we zith- need the zithromycin and right. And it's not just anecdotal evidence. There, the, uh, in the real world, the doctors that are using it are using it and helping uh, thousands of people. Right. That are having, they're having right. problems. Well, so my my, my, my point was my point was was that uh, you know as soon as uh, the late uh, the, the you know Donald Trump uh, I guess he's still living but you know as as president when he you know touted the the benefits of hydroxychloroquine he mm-hmm. was immediately demonized and you right. know all these talking heads that are telling us all we need to get vaccinated now were adamantly opposed to it and to the point where they actually withheld its use in mm-hmm. in in places and 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 actively told doctors not to not to prescribe this because it might have some some dangerous side effects even though it'd been successfully used for over 50 years well documented with very few side effects um you know just like penicillin yeah penicillin has side effects for some people right but they don't they don't stop using penicillin or offering it as an, an option right. you know to combat infection but uh, you know it'll kill me if if I use it I'll go into anaphylactic anaphylactic shock mm-hmm. you know um, but it's it's hugely beneficial to a lot of people so yeah. it's out there mm-hmm. I think that comes back to my body my choice yeah yeah so we could we'll go <laughs> way off in the weeds on that uh-huh, but sure. um, but anyway so so we're in this place right now where there's a lot of pressure being promoted i guess from the top down right uh to force people to do something that they don't some of us don't want to do right what do we do well i think people just basically need to get off their duff and and, and say they've had enough so you know it takes pushback and for a long time i think it's just been kind of simmering for uh, such a long time uh, this is why we see these these uh, groups kind of uh, manifest right and this I'm, and i'm gonna go back to like even when after you know 9-11 our our invasion in uh, iraq and afghanistan and you had groups like the tea party group manifest you had groups like the occupy wall street manifest so people have been getting kind of more fed up and fed up with how government operates because it, in general it just doesn't really benefit the people i mean overall uh certainly lo- local governments uh uh, can to some extent, but it really depends on how involved the, the citizens are, how involved and how educated they are, really, right? So, so I want to I want to pause just <clears throat> real quick because sure. we pick out words mm. and uh, and we define them. Oh yeah, and you use the word duff. Mm, so okay. according to million uh, Mir- the beer by Mir- the way, Mir- yeah, duff beer, <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, Miriam Webster's online dictionary. Mm. Um, there's several different definitions, but I think the one that you were using was number two of three, mm. which is the buttocks. The and Mir- look, it says here, get off your duff. <laughs> so that's a noun Perfect. for those of you that don't know. Another the adjective use of duff 
uh, use of the word duff is is British in origin, and it means inferior or worthless. Huh. So maybe get off your duff duff. Uh-huh. I like that. <laughs> duff duff. Get off your duff duff. Yeah, get off your butt, you worthless or inferior, you know, duff, uh, duff yeah. Duff you. Yeah. So anyway. You um, daft duff. That's right. <laughs> Synonyms include backside, behind, booty. Uh, well, that would make sense. because Bottom, breech, bum, buns, butt, buttocks, caboose. Can yeah. cheeks, derriere, <laughs> there we go. fanny, fundament, hams, haunches, heine, hunkers, keister, wow, I think nates, I've heard all those. posterior, rear, rear end, rump, seat, tail, tail, end, and tush. So just in case you didn't know and needed to know, now We've you know. got a whole ton of synonyms. We now you know, that. yeah, so, and it is the inferior part. Is it inferior or is it anterior? Uh, anterior, I think it's, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Whatever. So anyway. Um, you know, language means a lot, and there's a lot of language going around today. And what meant one thing two years ago means something totally different today. And um, mm. there's a lot of propaganda going on. There's a lot of people that want to spend the narrative. Yeah. Um, so if our government's failing us, which I would argue if, if you've looked at the state government today and what they're talking about with the PFD and the budget and everything else, um, they're t- divided by party lines. It doesn't seem like there's anybody willing to make any compromises and work together towards any kind of mutually beneficial, you know, outcome. Right. Uh, it's highly polarized. Mm-hmm. What do we do when our f- government fails us? Uh, ignore them. Ignore them. In and they'll sense, go away? Well, no. I mean, well, in a sense, I mean, if we collectively, you know, uh, but this is the problem is that we're not going to obviously collectively basically... Uh, have mass civil disobedience and ignore because in a sense Why Why the idea the thought is now this is a thought uh, project if you will but you know hypothetical so now if people regular folks just basically decided to stop adhering to any kind of uh, I will not comply well I mean certain things I think probably will still stay in place because it just makes sense like stopping at a stoplight for example but uh, as far as just silly and asinine uh, mandates or or protocols that are put in place by government bureaucrats uh, just does not make any sense for just the regular working folks we can just basically as a unanimous just say you know what screw it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pay attention to it i'm gonna ignore it just like uh you would consider civil disobedience back in the uh the days of uh the uh civil rights movement where you had um rosa parks would say you know what i'm gonna ignore your mandate uh your rule saying that because I'm a colored person, I have to sit at the back of the bus. And you have to be prepared to be arrested. Right. Yes. Sure. That goes along with it, right? So that means these people that are going against government mandates in Australia, New Zealand, uh, and even here in the United States, they are getting arrested. But what's what's crazy is that people that aren't getting arrested are very violent uh, people like, you know, these black bloc and Antifa groups and, and people within even the, the Black Lives Movement, uh, you know, matter movement, uh, Looting and, and just things kind of going to just just going into disarray. I mean, riots. Those people, for some reason, are just kind of allowed to kind of continue to do what they're doing and destroying uh, cities. Well, in our last episode, we, we talked about that and talked about political prisoners and how mm. the people who also spoke up mm. um, did not riot and destroy things. We're talking about... Like, we're talking about January, January 6th. January 6th, sure. Um, were arrested and treated as political prisoners and and a few of them a number of them have been released now without ever 
any formal charges being filed, mm-hmm. although they were kept mm-hmm. for eight months. There still are some people. And there, there. Are, there still are some people. And then we also talked about um, uh, one of the uh, one of Alex Jones's um, associates yeah. uh, being arrested because he was right. standing on the steps. He didn't even go in the building of the Capitol. But he did, after the fact, uh, say some apparently some inflammatory things to an elected official and challenge them directly in a public forum and so now he's in jail so he said mean words he said mean things he hurt somebody's feelings or he challenged their position in a way they couldn't defend it right and so now he's in jail but again this kind of goes to show another example of how people again just kind of manifest and get i kind of get it grassroots but uh people are uh, discontent with how things are going and it just keeps escalating Right, and so the whole thing with January sixth was mostly people that were fans of Donald Trump for one. Right, they were fans of what he uh, stood for, what he was doing. Right, but there was also people that are just discontent, and they wanted to show up in numbers. Right, they wanted to show up in the Capitol and say, "Hey, we are here. Let our voices be heard." Mm-hmm. You know, and then of course now we hear that there were actually twenty co-conspirators, F- that FBI, were FBI. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> was involved with that. And of course, you know, we have the the people that lived down at Homer, the folks that got uh, the FBI come to their door in the middle of the night or whatever. Yeah, right? I think That's... people more FBI raids should happen in Homer. <laughs> oh yeah, because <laughs> it makes for great, great new, great. entertaining, you know, news things to talk about. Well, sure, yeah. There's no, that, really, that. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Well, of course, but the more that that happens, the more the citizens are going to see that and be like, "What the hell's going on?" Our, our government's kind of like. Well, you know, there's been a lot control. of discussion about communist uh, Russia, the the former Soviet republic and um, so-called republic, and uh, how if you malign and browbeat and um, marginalize people long enough that just through sheer exhaustion mm-hmm. they'll they will give up their freedom their liberty um, things that they've enjoyed for generations mm-hmm. just to make it stop just kind of go along get along just just to make it stop is, right. is but like, it's never going to stop it's ever encroaching you know, until the, the analogy was like uh, they will thank you for breaking their legs because you gave them crutches hmm yeah. you know and, and that it's that's a like psychological a, thing that happens yeah that's um, a it's like a victim predator kind yeah of, it's a, uh, like a codependency that? or uh, yeah there's like a there's a there's a particular word for that in psychological psycho? terms. Psycho? No, no, for people that are, <laughs> play the victim, and they actually, and then they start to endear their... Uh, oh, their, yeah, like uh, a Munchausen's. Is it Munchausen? Munchausen's, yeah, it's where... Those, where, yeah. where, where, where you start to actually... So if somebody gets kidnapped or whatever, you know, and they actually... They, they call it gaslighting, too, where where the, you are convinced... Well, yeah. Um, you were you were con- or stock. There's the Stockholm, Stockholm syndrome. syndrome. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah that's that's where you fall in love with your captor. Right. Yeah. Right. That's kind of right. where I was going with that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of you're starting to see that though with with society. Yeah. There are those that love it, or you know, in a sense, they're like, yeah, this needs to happen. We need to get to that point where we have to control every aspect of everybody's lives. Right. And it's like if you can't, if you don't, and if you don't. Then the virus is going to get you. The terrorists are going to get you. Whatever it is, whatever the, the boogeyman is of the, of the day, you know that. The, and that's another thing: carbon with, emissions. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. So it's the you know, ever encroaching. Uh, you know, the sun's going to burn us all up. 
you know, but it is there's always a fear factor in play in propaganda in media, and it's always being spun, and it's been doing that ever since. For, well, one, one of the one of the common the 50s, one probably. of the common strategies in propaganda, and you can go go back before the fifties. Sure. You, you can True. you can look at every every war that we've fought. In order to make it easier to kill your enemy, you first must dehumanize that that yeah. enemy. You have to take their face away. You have to take their humanity away, and right. and portray them as monsters who eat their children, or some sort of infidel, or some sort of you know undesirable. Uh, ma- might I borrow the term Hillary Clinton used? Deplorables. <laughs> right. You know that that was a very conscious uh, uh, choice of words because if you can dehumanize the opposition, right then everything is justified. And then right. it, is it any surprise that shortly after that we see all kinds of violence and things happening from Antifa and Black Lives Matter and, you know, these, these uh, violent attacks on Trump supporters when they're mm-hmm. going to his pre-election rallies. Right. Um, that was definitely a turning point. Yeah. Like you, uh, things just got flipped over right. after the, uh, 2016. Yeah. I, I mean, I saw things culminating up to that point, even up to 2016. With the, the Antifa groups, because I was starting to see some of the violence on on, on uh, some of the media channels uh, going on in Portland and well, such. well, just but like just like uh, elections have consequences, words have meaning. Yeah, and and, they and have consequences. We, and yeah. yeah, and we have to be we we have to realize when the when words are spun are twisted to establish a narrative that at its root at at its root are designed to dehumanize people. Um, I, I blame the masking um, mandates of last year for an escalation in this tribalism. Mm. Because now what happens if you are in a place where mandates are in, in, in place or where there's a, even a recommendation and you don't wear a mask? Well, you've identified yourself as... The opposition. The opposition. And, and it's, and it's right. It's, it's, uh, and the unvaccinated, but, but the reality is if you put a mask on me, I'm, I'm no longer human. Well, because, sense, because you look at me and you don't see me. Right. In a sense, it does kind of, uh, mask you, right? It, it, it covers, it covers, your it face. does exactly what the, what the strict Orthodox Muslims do with mm-hmm. the whole, uh, face covering for women. Mm-hmm. If you can cover everything but their eyes. The What's called the burqa? The burqa. They're they're now they're now um, they're chattel. They're belonging. They're possession. Mm. They're not a human. Mm-hmm. You know. So if you decide to get a divorce and have a kitchen fire, and burn your wife to death, it's not a problem. And 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 in in the cultures that actively recommend the masking of people mm. or require it by religious law or whatever, you know that's that's exactly what they're doing. They're dehumanizing, and once you have dehumanized a segment of the population, you can justify anything. The Nazis did that mm-hmm. with you know their superior race, and and mm-hmm. you know looking at anybody who w- did not fit their specific eugenics sort of definition of perfection. Mm-hmm. Now it's okay to eliminate them because you're just culling the herd from mm-hmm. from the weak and genetically inferior stock and. And we all want to be healthy, right? We all want to have a healthy culture and a healthy mm. society. So why not rid ourselves of of this uh, inferior genetic stock? You know, and and that's that's an extreme, but it didn't take us long to get to that extreme. If you look at the the total amount of time uh, between the establishment of that rhetoric and that propaganda to the time mm. when the Nazis took over complete control. Mm-hmm. 
of, of Germany and then most of Europe yeah. and parts of, of Africa. Yeah, that accelerated uh, quickly. Very quickly, very quickly. And, and we're only, we're talking a handful of years and we're two years into this COVID, you know, yeah. situation and look at how quickly things have eroded. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's escalated quite, quite, uh, quite a bit. You know, and I definitely see parallels between between what's going on now as opposed to then as well. People being dehumanized, and you know, it's it's putting people in categories too. So the tribalism is, like you mentioned earlier, has greatly increased. Um, you know, people are picking their political sides, as you were kind of asking me about uh, earlier. Uh, but again, I don't, I don't. I don't want to play to those rules. I don't want to play to tribalism because if you do, then that then they win because they're pitting us against each other. It's a divide and conquer method of, of, of control and eventually uh, who will win in the end. It'll be those that have the means to uh, be above all this and escape it all. And you can already start seeing it with a lot of the politicians. The elites, and I'll call them as elite, elitist, um, people like Gavin Newsom, uh, where he went to, you know, the French laundry restaurant, spent like I don't know, was it ten, twenty thousand dollars on a meal, not wearing his mask, but you know, everybody else has to wear their mask. Uh, just recently, again, it's been uh, uh, seen that Nancy Pelosi had some sort of fundraiser or something like that. Nobody wearing the masks, you know, and everybody's well, eating. You know, Barack whatnot. Obama's birthday party, birthday bash. Yeah, nobody's wearing their mask. Okay, so it's like rules for you not for us you know and it's that mentality and they have the means you know that's the thing going back to uh wars and and how money is being funneled from the taxpayer base of not only the united states but uh the european countries julian assange had brought this up back in i think 2010 2011 remind everybody who julian assange is julian assange was the uh the founder of wikileaks and of course he has been been detained uh since his uh uh, his well, he was he, for for a long time. He was in the Ecuadorian uh, embassy in um, in uh, England, in, right? In London, in London, yeah. right? Yeah. So he basically spent I don't know, five, seven years, something like that, in the embassy. Right. Insane amount of time uh, alone. So that's in, in, in a choice, involuntary, solitary, involuntary, solitary confinement, right? Because it wasn't his choice, but he had to as a as a political uh, asylum in a sense from the United States, right? So, anyways, the United States got their way. He's been now detained, and, and uh, we it's hard to even get any information out what's going on with Julian Assange. He's not even an American citizen. He's an Australian citizen, I believe. And the United States wants him because he released information that uh, condemned the United States for, for their military actions and all the secrets that, you know, that they, they, they would rather keep uh, secret, right? They don't want the public to know this kind of information. But WikiLeaks uh, was, I don't think, I don't think they were ever... They were pretty neutral, in their, they were, they in their were. release. They released everything on everybody. Right, right. It wasn't and just one administration. Yeah, it wasn't exactly. just one party. Right. It was like, hey, there's dirt under yeah. the rug. Let's yeah. look at the dirt. Right, right. And, and I think people have a right to know that kind of stuff. That's true journalism. That's true uh, truth-seeking uh, uh, abilities with investigative uh, journalism. And, hey, and, hey, and these you, are legitimate. Now, hold on there, Haas. You be true to your truth and let those people be true to theirs. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right. So, anyways, I, that, I, so that's Julian Assange. Uh, what were we going with that? I forgot. I was going to circle back to. Uh, oh my gosh! What we're. <laughs> I think I'm going to swallow a hand grenade if I hear "circle back" again. <laughs> so uh, I, I wanted to point something out. You know, we, we talked about um, about tribalism. We talked yeah. about you know separating and you know and and I asked you the question about your your sort of your political identity, right? My affiliation, because 
Um, you know, one way that you could look at the Ammo Can Coffee Social Club is mm -hmm. um, an organization that is further dividing or, um, you know, uh, stratifying out um, and, and supporting tribalism because we are a private club and we mm -hmm. promote conservative ideas. And, mm -hmm. um, and that might be one argument mm -hmm. that, that we're just creating a bigger problem. Um, and I say we because I own the shop. I own the, mm -hmm. I own the, the social club. Right. But um, the reality is, is that um, really the social club exists to say these are some core principles that we promote. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're willing to be a member of the social club and not cancel the culture of mm -hmm. its members mm -hmm. and of, right. of this mission, well, like, yeah. then, you know, and you're willing to have reasonable conversations. Mm -hmm then there's no barriers to you being a member of the social club. But if you're, if you're here to undermine the social club mm -hmm. and to undermine its mission mm -hmm. and to cancel the culture of those people who feel very strongly about their conservative roots, whatever conservative means, because, right. I mean, you've identified yourself earlier as coming from this more liberal place. Yeah. But then you also talk about, you know, having some more libertarian ideas, which mm -hmm. can be argued to be very conservative, mm -hmm. um, you know, and... And what is conservative? The, the media would like to keep us divided, and so they've given us this definition of what a conservative is. You know, maybe sure. it's a white nationalist, or well, yeah. or maybe it's uh, you know evangelical, charismatic Christian, or maybe <laughs> it's uh, you know your typical extremist, re religious Republican. And this is the thing: is like this is what this is what white, I mean. It's bald guys named Bob with ARs. <laughs> You know, right. who go to a Baptist church in Texas. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, but that's, that's, that's this is the imagery, but this right. is the, this is the demonization of tribal uh, groups right. and it's spun by the media. So, yeah, people come from the left who have no idea about guns or who have no idea like uh, conservative uh, values are, aren't even willing to talk to you about it because they've already been predisposed uh, or Programmed. brainwashed, in a sense, brainwashed that if you call yourself a conservative or you call yourself a Republican or if you whatever, if you identify as that. You already fit in this then basket you're, of you're already, Yeah, exactly. So in a sense, in their mind, you're already like this, I don't know, racist, uh, just a uh, zealot, uh, gun, <laughs> you know, uh, crazy gun nut, whatever. You know, there's all these weird imagery that we get, right? And then on the right, we also get spun that if you come from the left, you, you are... You will drive a Subaru. You're going to be dyeing your hair at some point. You're going to be going to have a bunch of bumper stickers that says world peace. Coexist. You know, and and, coexist and yeah, all that yeah. and whatever, you know. So it's this imagery that's used, again, as a method of control and tribalism and weed to will be each used other. pharmacologically every Friday night. But you know what? <laughs> <laughs> but, and sometimes on Monday. <laughs> that'd be nice. But you know... Uh, so when people, you know, uh, this is the thing. If you sit down one-on-one -on -one with somebody, it doesn't matter. It, they could be from the left and the right. If, if they're educated enough to have a decent conversation, you know, you're, you're going to find that they have probably more things they have in common with like, each other. Like a neighbor? Then, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And that's what I like about this, this place here at the Amacan is it being a place where, you know, uh, you, you, you do have your stance. You do have your freedom of choice there, obviously, right? Uh, in, in, but... It, you're not barring people from coming into the establishment because they may have a different belief than than you, right? Right. So, but the uh, the establishment is there for you know free flowing ideas and conversation at least to be had, you know. And this is the things that I think the nuances of that we're missing with when you when you listen to mainstream media, you watch you know Fox or you watch MSNBC and all that crap because I really find a lot of that stuff is really 
disingenuine, although I do love Tucker Carlson now, even though I used to hate him. It's weird. See, I used to not like him back when I was considering myself more liberal. But now I'm like, wow, this guy actually has a lot to say, and, he, and he's really truthful a lot with a lot of things. He's got really pronounced frown lines. <laughs> yeah, he does. He very he listens very intently. Yes, that's a, yeah, that's a part yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I guess we want to circle back to uh, I said it again. Uh, back to what I was going to be trying to uh, arrange or organize. Close, close the loop. Yeah, there we that's go. More of a, that's more that's a cowboy thing. Close the loop. Close the loop. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Let's lasso this thing and, yeah, and, and yeah. put it to rest. So uh, I've recently come across a uh, site um, that is organizing a nationwide uh, protest, march, uh, resistance, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of getting involved with it. Um, I've not ever really organized or led any kind of Make sure when you leave like the shop today to wave and smile at the fellas in the van over there. <laughs> He's looking over oh, his shoulder now. <laughs> they're, they're, they're here again, really? Every time I go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Hi guys! And I get this. <laughs> what is that? That song? I get this feeling. Somebody's watching me. So, d-day.us is the website, and uh, these are people that are trying to organize this on um, 18th and 19th of September. Those are the two dates that they picked. You can pick one or the other, or uh, both. Uh, they're apparently there's other dates that people are volunteering to do uh, uh, other times during this month and next month and so on. But for whatever reason, they're choosing uh, that Saturday and Sunday uh, on September 18th and the 19th. I've chose to do 19th because Sunday for me, it just feels like most people have off. They're not working. Um, you know, and it's like, I want to do it in the afternoon. Um, and, you know, it's after church. People have done, you know, done things. Maybe they got to do a few errands. But I, th- I think that that's a good time. I want to do it maybe in the afternoon. Maybe, I don't know, three-ish. I don't know. what to, I would, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually talk to you about because I know that you or, are organizing uh, kind of a I'm, I'm, yourself, I'm helping right? to facilitate uh, conversations. There you go. So, um, yeah. So, if you're interested in speaking out, speaking up, um, standing tall, walking a line, um, I don't know. Uh, it's time. Holding a sign. It's time. Hold a sign. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's time. It's time. Good and, enough. And you know, we have uh, we have the very last uh, of three. Um, guiding principles of the social club are that is that uh we feel that and believe that where one voice and history shows us this where one voice can be easily silenced many voices raised in righteous solidarity must prevail yeah and and you know hopefully that's all it takes is that we all just collectively come together and speak but it does take sacrifice it takes a sacrifice of your time you're gonna have to stop watching Netflix long enough <laughs> to leave your house, yeah, and to mingle with your neighbors, right. people in the community, and and mask you know what? or no mask, mask or no mask, Doesn't and matter. you know this would be this would be a, interesting to see, you know, a challenge to our friends on the left mm-hmm. to say, you know what, at what point did you stop loving liberty? Mm-hmm. Can we step away from the political rhetoric long enough to just really take a critical look at what's happening? Yeah. And say, and say, is this okay? Because, I mean, while your party is in charge, you know, or my party, if, you know, if my party was in charge, mm-hmm. um, and you have the upper hand or the political advantage or whatever, you, you say, well, that's great. We're going we're gonna to exercise. We're going to flex our muscle right now. You know, the pendulum does swing. And history is often not very kind 
um, when it swings too far one way to the left or one way to the right. And, um, and the closer we can keep that thing to the center where we can find commonalities with each other and we can say, look, can we all just agree that freedom and liberty are important things to preserve mm-hmm. and that uh, people should have the choice of gender fluidity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my that's that's well, a, that's, what's, that's that's going to be the argument for them, right? So. Yeah, it, or know, or genderless bathrooms. Yeah, yeah. If they if they want gender fluidity, uh, you know, I'm all for sort of the libertarian ideal of you know you should have the right to your own you know self determination. But I pull it back to a more conservative place where I say, so long as that right does not infringe on or impede my own safety or rights. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to smoke dope, go smoke your brains out. Just don't get behind the wheel and hit my kid crossing the street. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I mean, th- yeah, that's sure. whatever. You know, mm-hmm. you, you want to live your life that way. If you have small children, I'd say, you know, and this is where the government, you know, where we as a society say we're going to create some laws. You want to smoke dope, just don't hot box in the car with your kid. Because mm-hmm. your kid doesn't have choice. Now your choice is infringing on theirs. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe they're too young to know that they have a choice. You know, um, but but the point is, is that there are a lot of things that unify us, that that bring us together, probably more than that divide us. Mm-hmm. But our our culture and our society are, are set up such as they are now, to where we emphasize and highlight the differences, and we don't come together to see the commonality very mm-hmm. often. Mm-hmm. And the more that we do that, the the greater. Uh, it's just uh, our enemies must be laughing out of uh, mm-hmm. with delight. To right. see how divided we've become, because a house divided against itself will fall. Yeah, it will fall. It can't stand. Right. It cannot stand. And um, you know, if we don't like our leaders, then we have to take a real serious look at ourselves, because our leaders, if they're um, duly elected, and I will throw that caveat in there, mm. um, you know, uh, we deserve the leaders we get. Sure. Yeah, you know, and people had problems with Bill Clinton and and uh, his lack of uh, what some may call a moral compass when it came to relationships. Um, he was just a reflection of our culture, mm-hmm. our society. You know, we have the proliferation of things like pornography and the proliferation of of sort of this idea that we can have relationships that are not as traditional, where. You can have multiple partners, but what is that, polyamorous or polyamory, yeah, yeah polyamory yeah. or polygamy. Mm-hmm. If you're from, you know, Utah, certain, <laughs> I was going to say it. If you're yeah. from certain regions of the country that practice that, yeah, um, yeah. you know, but well, uh, but but it's an erosion of some standards. And I mean, mm-hmm. do we want to live in a world that has no standards? Because there's a difference between no standards and and uh, having some kind of a a unified culture around a common set of core values and ideas. And those ideas of that self-determination, the, the liberty, the freedom, you know, I don't want the government deciding when they can randomly just sort of jab me with whatever they feel is the, the going flavor that week, mm-hmm. especially yeah. well, if, that, yeah. you know, I, and, and that's really where we're headed. Right. If we don't stand. So this opportunity for D day, um, uh, give us the website again. So it's D dash day dot, U.S. Take a look at it, folks. Um, and I do have a Facebook page set up if you're interested. I've already, I'm starting, I'm just getting it going right now. Uh, but I do have a face page that's um, kind of the same uh, name, but it's with the Soldatna. So it's, it's okay. D-Day-Soldatna, right? So and we are taking side bets on how quick it 
uh, how quickly he will be deplatformed. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hello, Mark. By uh, Hi, Mark. Mark, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Um, so I do. I do have that. Let me see if there's. Um, if I can just pull it up really quick. I don't know if it's because um, it's under events, and I just created it. I'm going to be putting more details into it. Um, so check it out. Check out the Facebook page. Yeah. Reach out to uh, Garrett on the Facebook page. Oh, wow. uh, I've told him that the the social club is available for organizing. If there's a space needed or you know a venue for uh, sitting down and kind of putting a strategy together and just just having a conversation before showing up on a corner and um, yeah you know even defining if there is a corner to show up on. Well, yeah. So far, <laughs> I've, I've just basically said Soldotna Creek Park because it's, for me that seems like the most reasonable place for people to kind of uh kind of gather out right right and in this I'm, i may have to like kind of talk to you about maybe because i think you may have a little more experience behind this but i don't even know if i have to get a permit or not you know what i mean as far as like demonstrations concerned and and actually marching from the park and maybe going to yeah. i don't know the y or yeah you know, definitely definitely, so definitely folks wanna... if you're going to engage in in um in, in a protest let your city your city government and, yeah. and law let enforcement know, know yeah. and get the right permits um you know and and always remain civil and uh don't stoop to violence don't stoop to you know i i get upset every time i hear somebody who foments uh, a violent response to their you know that that is an outpouring of their frustration and i say you know we're not there you know when the tanks are rolling down the street uh, i think we're there it might be too late by that point, mm-hmm. but uh, we we have to we have to use the systems that are available to us. Uh, we are Americans. We do have a high standard and a higher ideal, and we still live in the greatest nation on the planet. Uh, I would argue, and I think one of the best states in the country right now. Yeah, the best state so, in the country, the opinion. the best state. I think yeah. it is the we best. Just, state. We just got to take. Uh, I think we got to. We got to take some out. of our politicians to the woodshed and remind them who they work for. But we still yeah. live in the best state in the nation. Cowskies. <laughs> Shabaka is coming. So uh, I would uh, also remind folks that uh, Bob Bird has uh, invited people to participate in a protest on the 28th. Um, and uh, there will be some kind of organizational meeting here at uh, the social club tomorrow, I'm told. Um, people are already writing, uh, preparing their signs. And this is an anti vax mandate protest. So there's opportunities to participate, to have your voice heard, to stand with some neighbors shoulder to shoulder. It doesn't matter if you're from the left or from the right. Uh, if you love America and you believe in freedom, then we have a responsibility to each other to stand up and hold the line. If you're a socialist or communist and you don't love freedom, then, you know, find somewhere else to be. You're Is that too harsh? Is that parents, too harsh? Parents' basement, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Where do they where do they hang? Yeah. So. Um, so what, what is that Saturday? Is that the Saturday? Yeah, I believe so. So the twenty eighth. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, thank you everybody uh, for joining us. Thank you, Garrett, for coming in today. It's my pleasure. Thank you for standing up and and standing for something, because uh, few people are willing to actually give their time, talent, or treasure to to um, make our community better and. As a lifetime 4-H'er, uh, the motto of 4-H is to make the best better. And we can always be striving for a better world, a better community, uh, better friendships. And um, that's also part of the uh, Rotar- the Rotary Club uh, uh, four-way test is, uh, you know, we can learn a lot from the Rotarians. You know, is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? 
Will it build goodwill and better friendships? And will it be beneficial to all concerned? So mm-hmm. that's their four-way test, four pillars for what guides that club. And um, if you'd like to hear more about the Ammo Can Coffee Social Club, uh, we have our own standards and mission statement as well. And uh, we thank you for sticking it out a little bit over an hour with us. And um, oh, Time flies. Yeah, time flies when you're having good conversation and coffee. And um, we'll see you on Saturday for the Ammo Can Coffee Social Club Conservative Hour of Power and Enlightenment Salon. Thanks, everybody.